Multiverses is out in their open beta, and we had an expansion in a Hot Wheels game for Looney Tunes Worlds. Not only you can drive as a Looney Tune, but you can visit the different landscapes of the Looney Tunes. So, of course, you realize this means podcast. Welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today, it is my pleasure to bring on voice over artist Issy the Scribe, who is also a <laughs> professional zoologist, which is just awesome because I love animals. He loves animals. Uh, Issy, welcome to the show. Hello, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very glad that we're finally having this conversation. Thanks for having me on the show. Me too. Me too. Yeah, this is exciting. Do you want to explain the zoologist part or was that it? <laughs> Everybody always has a question mark over the zoology bits. Because as soon as I say, oh, I'm a poet, I'm a voice actor, I'm a zoologist, they're like, what? what? How does that even come in together? I'm one of those weird people that's kind of a mixed nut. So I'm a science student because I my strongest subjects in school were English and biology. So, okay. but I've always been into animals since I was a little kid, read lots of books. Um, I've just been animal crazy since I was young and through a very long and convoluted story, I ended up doing a master's in wild animal biology here in the UK. Um, and I've worked at London Zoo in different roles from education to presenting to zookeeping to all sorts of things. And yeah, that's kind of where that is. So with regards to the zoology thing and how it feeds into um, the autistic stuff, I actually started doing wildlife presenting last year. So I was on a show called BBC Awesome Watch, where I did some wildlife presenting um, up in a place called the Lake District here in the UK. And I was talking about badgers and I saw my first wild red squirrel, which is an endangered species here in the UK. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you but, do the yeah. voice of a badger? Oh gosh, I have to study up actually <laughs> because they're very quiet. They're quite quiet animals um, sure. in this regards. Because when I was recording, recording, observing one, it was kind of behind a pane of glass, and I had to be really, really quiet. But it wasn't oh, making okay. much noise apart from some snuffling noises and lifting up yeah. rocks and things like that. And um, with voice acting, I've done all sorts, like from trailers, commercials. Um, I say commercials, like one or two commercials, mainly radio. Um, but did my first video game which came out this year for Blizzard, which is Diablo Immortal. And um, I'm in another video game, which I can't talk about, which we just finished recording. So yeah, I'm a mixed nut with regards to being a an animal geek, which is essentially what a zoologist is, but I have a certificate to certify that, as well as being a writer and performer and um, yeah, voice person. So Looney Gaming is such a big part of the Looney Tunes franchise because it's been with us, I mean, since the 80s. So, like, there's a lot to break down. And in my first discussion of Looney Gaming, we had a a really fun discussion around, you know, games like Sheep and Wolf and the the Tiny Toons games, uh, Buster Breaks Loose, and and, uh, my friends Elijah and Vanessa were on that show from the Kicking and Screaming podcast, which I highly recommend checking them out. 
But right. you reached out and you were excited to, to continue the conversation. And I'm excited to continue the conversation because there's so many more games that we have as Looney Tunes fans. And for me, playing as one of these characters actually gets me closer with them. I think that's what I, I take away from this is that when Consumer Products puts out a, you know, a, a game based on a movie, you get to live in that world a little bit longer. And Correct. that is a reward for being a fan. And so when you're a, such a big fan of Looney Tunes, they come from, you know, theatrical release shorts and then on TV and Saturday mornings in, you know, with the cereal bowl and, you know, you get up and you wake up yeah. and then they're, they're there to have those characters allowed in a video game for you to control and you to play with i think it definitely brings us closer as fans to the ip and i know that whenever i was playing games the first game i ever beat what when i was three years old was the bugs bunny birthday bash celebration (laughs) of his 50th which they made into a game which is insane but it was bugs (laughs) bunny going around and defeating his foes with, you know, uh, dynamite and little carrot, like a little carrot gun or whatever. But the the funniest part to me was whenever he would pick up an, a carrot and get a point, the Warner Brothers logo would be in the background of, you know, where the carrot was. And, right. you know, I, <laughs> exactly. But I've, I've been a fan of Warner Brothers, you know, my entire life and Maybe it was subliminal messaging, or maybe it was just my love for the IP. I don't know, um, but I thought it was very effective, and so maybe both. Yeah, maybe both. <laughs> it's probably um, both. So, it's probably a combination of the two. <laughs> you're absolutely right. It probably is. So I want to talk to you more about Looney Gaming, and I know you want to discuss the differences between the U.S. releases of these games and the U.K. releases because they have different names. Very much so. I always, that always puzzled me for some reason. But before we get there, I want to touch on some loony news that happened um, while, you know, I mean, Comic-Con is happening right now. Or <laughs> Comic-Con happened last it happened. week. It happened last <laughs> week. <laughs> I wish I was there, but I'm in the U.K. <laughs> exactly. I mean, th- so much wonderful stuff came out of that and um as you can see from the myriad of podcasts that i was able to produce with all that content (laughs) and it was it was joyful there was there was so much love for looney tunes and the creations of these new projects is exciting but in the gaming world we had a full-on panel of multiverses which is now in open beta and you got to play it what are your impressions of multiverses and this new brawler game that we have where it's warner brothers ip going against each other in really fun and creative ways so my brother funny enough actually calls it he calls it warner brothers meets smash smash brothers which i think is a brilliant way of describing it and yes um with regards to first impressions in fact when i first saw the trailer i was like Oh gosh, I am I am all for this. Whatever this is, <laughs> I am completely, totally for this. There's something that is just hilarious. The thought of just, you know, having a character like Batman having the ever-loving snot beat out of him by Bugs Bunny is just hilarious to me. And <laughs> now there's this game where that could actually happen. I mean, I like I love animation and concept art and things like that. So 
I actually saw something like this years ago on DeviantArt, and there was just like a brawler-style stage selection, choose your character piece oh, of wow. fan art that was done yeah. um, with characters like Bugs, Mickey Mouse, SpongeBob, Fred Flintstone, Tom and Jerry as a pair. And now this is actually real. Like this is someone actually, <laughs> I don't know if someone actually saw that and then said, hey, we can make a game out of this. This is actually now real. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my days, I'm just, I'm for odd. Cause you have, you know, you have DC superheroes, you have yeah. Looney Tunes characters, you have, you know, Game of Thrones characters, Hanna-Barbera characters, Shaggy and Velma, things like that. And you have all these IPs in this one game who are basically going at it Smash Brothers style in these fantastic on-brand creative ways. And I'm loving it. I got to play it um, a few days ago at my local um, game store. And uh, funny enough, the first character I played as was Wonder Woman because she's my favorite superhero. But I was paired with Taz on my team and we went neck and neck head to head with Harley Quinn and Belma. And I was freaking loving it because- That's a fun pairing. <laughs> it is. And it's been done before, like in the Looney Tunes comics, um, the DC yeah. comics, there was a crossover a few years ago where they had DC superheroes and Looney Tunes characters. That's right. In the same comics. And Wonder Woman and Taz were one of those pairings. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is happening for reals. I like this. So comics I, I was, come to life. Correct. Those comments are actually coming to life in this sphere, in this game. And I was, I, I had a blast. I was just like, the colors are beautiful. The controls, con the controls are really amazing. Each yeah. character has their own different set of moves. I was, I did a little tutorial before I started playing the game and got to learn Wonder Woman's moves. And then, but it was also pretty distracting because I loved the, the, the moves of the other characters. I was trying to kick the crap out of like because <laughs> i was like i kept hearing jim cummings voices taz you know yeah. doing his spin attack and then i heard velma doing her she has an attack that involves a, a library book i think and a yeah. magna glass and then i was just like this is a feast for the eyes like so if you're playing really with friends is. yeah if you're, so if you're playing with friends there's there's a lot to look at and even the sceneries and the arenas that you fight in are also on brand they could be anywhere from batman's Batcave to um, Finn and Jake's house at the top to Scooby-Doo's Haunted Mansion. So again, these very on-brand on backgrounds and locations. So I am just like, I need this game in my life. <laughs> I, 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 need to say, I need to save up for like a PS5 or a Switch or something. Yeah, and, and there have been other IPs that have tried the brawler system and, you know, there's a Nickelodeon game out there, but mm -hmm. none of them really made waves because they didn't take the time to implement not only just creative moves and, and actions, but the, the way that they have such a reverence for what came before and how you have, you know, Bugs Bunny doing that, like, spin kick which is yes. actually from a wild hair like they just like went back to the source material and they were like we need the characters to feel like the characters Correct. and then on top of that they went and got really great voice actors or the actual voice actors from the ips that they premiere in uh but specifically um w the one you mentioned with velma uh she's voiced by kate minucci yes um who is a fantastic comic um and jim cummings as you mentioned is taz there, mm -hmm. There's just so such a, a wonderful uh, attention to detail that I can appreciate as a fan, but also 
as you're saying, as a, as a fighting game, like it works on so many levels. And uh, they just announced that there's going to be um, the show me what you got uh, level from Rick and Morty as a stage. <laughs> um, and, yes, uh, I didn't I, hear about that. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Um, and yeah, there's many more characters to be added. It's the whole WB library. So you got Harry Potter in there. I'm hoping for Dorothy. I'm, I'm like, oh yeah. I want Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. I want her to click her heels and like a tornado comes. You know, yes. Something <laughs> like that. I'm just like the question I keep asking with regards to the Looney Tunes. I'm just like, where's Daffy? Where the heck is oh, yeah. Daffy? Because you know he's, he's coming. Be, yeah, you know he's coming. They're just they're planning. <laughs> they're waiting to unleash that crazy duck. You know he's gonna have some sort of jumping woohoo action. Um, and also with regards to some of the other characters and how on brand their fighting moves are. Um, I played as Finn, Finn the Human from Adventure Time, against mm. Tom and Tom and Jerry, who are lethal, by the way. <laughs> I hated fighting Tom and Jerry because they, in terms of their fighting style, they're actually not so much fighting with others as much as they're fighting with each other. And right. Tom has a move where he has Jerry in a slingshot and he slingshots Jerry at you as an attack and I'm just like okay this is brilliant and then there's another <laughs> attack he there's another attack he has where he has the lids of two dustbins and he smashes your head you know kind of symbol style I'm just like the attention to detail is just fantastic these the devs really just did their homework with regards to some of the moves and um one of the character who I hated fighting was Jake the dog I hate him I think he's okay. overpowered he was really <laughs> frustrating to fight because of his morphing powers and John DiMaggio is back as Jake the Dog. Yes, yes, it, glad to see him back. And Jeremy Shader as Finn. Um, I met him at Comic Con at London a few years, quite a few, many years ago actually. And I, I posted on Instagram about it. But I loved, I surprisingly loved playing with him as Finn because he's his category is as a mage, uh, no, no, as, as an as an assassin. Sorry, he's an assassin. Okay. Okay. And he, I like playing as these characters that are very fast and very nimble. So characters like him, I really like, and I'm like, I really want to play as Bugs because he's fast <laughs> and he's nimble. Um, and I've also heard rumblings that he he also might be overpowered, but he's Bugs Bunny, so that makes sense. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't overpower Bugs Bunny. I mean, <laughs> it makes sense he that he is overpowered. He should be. He should be. He should be. <laughs> you know, I feel sorry for Batman who goes up against. Him. I'm just like, nah, dude, you're. You're the mouse in this cat and mouse fight. And sorry, Batman, you're going down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, listeners, Multiverses is out there on Twitch, P uh, PlayStation, Xbox. Just go find it and uh, try it out. It's free to play right now in their open beta. And if you play locally, this is, this is what I was going to tell you, Issy. If you play locally, you actually have access to all the characters. You don't oh. have to unlock anybody. Interesting. You're gonna have to tell me how that works because I haven't gamed in a in quite a while. So this was, and this was another thing I realized picking up the pad and playing multiverses. Like I was like, oh gosh, I really, really enjoy gaming. I love this. I haven't done this in a while, but yeah. this is making me want to get the game and pick it up at some point. So I'm gonna have to chat with you about how to unlock all the characters. Yes, absolutely. And for those that are interested in doing this, uh, you can pick this up anywhere and. Um, you know, play with friends and try it out and, you know, put in the comments who your favorite character to play with is because I really want to know. Mine is Finn so far. Ah, so you share and, the same love. I love Finn as well. Yeah. So Finn and Wonder Woman. Finn and Wonder Woman. Yeah, those two are solid for sure. Yeah. Um, and the tutorial, I don't know if you got to play the tutorial. The I tutorial, did. 
is with Shaggy. It's Shaggy, yeah. So I got to play as Shaggy, Wonder Woman, Finn, and this new character called Rain Dog, who apparently has been created specifically for this game. He was odd. Like, he's just, <laughs> he was just odd. I'm just like, why does this character exist? I, I, he's just a bit odd. He's a bit odd. I, I think he's adorable, though. He reminds me of my dog. <laughs> and he's very he does, supportive. He helps people from falling off the stage. He, uh, yes, he has this he power to that. like telekinetically pull them back. Pull, uh, yeah, similar to how Wonder <laughs> Woman could use uses her lasso of truth to pull yeah. you back if you're falling off a cliff, which is brilliant. Genius. Brilliant dynamics. I, I just can't get over it. And uh, I had a conversation with the game developer, uh, Tony, over at Comic-Con. So check that out. That, that was oh, on nice. my Multiverses uh, chat uh, podcast. So uh, check that episode out. Moving on, we had another Looney uh, game come out. This is more of an extension. So Hot Wheels has an entire game that allows you to race in these different worlds and have different IPs come in. I believe like a, a few months ago, there was a Batman expansion. And so you had these different versions of Batman uh, that were made into the Hot Wheels style cars. Makes sense. Like, you know, that's a huge IP. Um, and what's next after Batman? Well, Looney Tunes, of course. So, <laughs> why? Because why not, right? <laughs> because why not? Um, this expansion brings to the the players five different cars that you can choose from uh, that range from Wiley e. Coyote to Bugs Bunny. You can have, you know, uh, your own customizations of these cars, but the model shape, it, it looks like the character's head. My favorite is Marvin the Martian, though, because like it has oh, like, the yes. helmet. Oh, yes, it's got the helmets. It looks oh, so, so epic. Cool. It looks like yeah. it would spew fire from the little points on top. It looks Oh, funny. they should have done that. They should have yeah, done know. that. I know. It's like, you, you could have a pyrotech, pyrotechnic helmet. Yeah. So it's like the head of the character made into a car. <laughs> Not dissimilar from those 90s mugs that we had. Oh, I remember <laughs> those. That? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to drink out of Wiley Coyote's like big snout all the time. <laughs> the, the Wiley Coyote mug was so impractical. He's got a really long snout. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But this game is really fun because it takes the characters and puts them into the world of racing. And we're going to talk about some of those games that we had in the 90s where we actually had counterparts to Mario Kart racing, but with Looney Tunes. This is a arcade version of a racing game. Uh, so you have your car and then you're going through worlds that the Looney Tunes inhabit. So you, there's a big model of Wiley Coyote on a rocket in the Looney Tunes uh, level. Mm -hmm. And then you go into the woods and in the forest and then down a rabbit hole and then into Bugs Bunny's lair. And it's really exciting to like see all this unfold before you, but also, again, the, the reverence and level of detail is really fun to witness. And I can't imagine how fun this is to play because it looks like they did a really good job on the dynamics. The, the one thing that I would give it a point off for is that I was waiting for the voice cast to come in because oh, yeah. like in Space Race, you had like, um, you had the characters in your head because I think they were, uh, giving narration, or they were uh, yes. like, they had lines as they were speaking. Yeah, they had lines. lines. Yeah, and that was really fun. So I was missing that. I was missing that aspect. Yeah, that um, is true, actually. Issy, did, did you uh, check out any of these videos? 
I did. In fact, one of the... I can't remember which scene it was, but I remember there's a part where there are Looney Tunes... In terms of the aesthetics, there are Looney Tunes... The characters' faces are kind of in the background. Like, you see Bugs and Wily and Daffy. In fact, there's some stills that are actually pictures of Daffy from the, the short Duck Amok, the classic short. And yeah. then there's some from um, yeah. there's some faces of Wiley e. Coyote and some silhouetted heads of bugs as well. And it reminded me, funny enough, of the old Warner Brothers studio stores where you would walk in and you would just see all the Looney Tunes paraphernalia. You'd be surrounded by that stuff as you walk into the store. So it just, I got a few nostalgic vibes from just looking at that kind of thing. And it does look like a really, really fun world to just kind of zip on through. And as you mentioned, the, car, the cars that they use are similar, are shaped like the characters' heads. There's yep. a little bit of that in Looney Tunes Racing, specifically, because Daffy's cart is actually shaped like a duck's bill, which right. looks really weird, but it's, it's very, on, <laughs> very on brand. So when I saw that the, the carts actually look like the characters' heads, it reminded me of some of the, the carts that you find in Looney Tunes Racing for the PS1. So it's, like, beautiful. Cool. Well, that's a good transition. Let's go into our childhoods, if you will. I want to relive these gaming moments with you. So Looney Tunes obviously have had games all the way back into the 80s, as I had mentioned. Uh, But we're going to touch on some of the ones that I did not touch on with my earlier dissection of Looney Gaming. And... You know, part of that is the Game Boy. In the Game Boy era, we had Crazy Castle, and that had so many different sequels to it. One of those sequels you actually see in Space Jam A New Legacy as young LeBron is playing it Mm -hmm. on a Game Boy. And that had me inspired to talk about these Looney games. So branching off of that and sticking with a Game Boy, there was a specific game that was called Carrot Crazy. This was in 1998 and had Bugs Bunny and Lola Bunny. I mean, this is the first packaging I've ever seen of Lola Bunny and Bugs Bunny together. Um, And this is right after Space Jam. So, yeah, and, and in the UK it had a different name. Oh, yes. It was called Bugs Bunny and Lola Bunny Operation Carrot Patch. That was the subtitle. <laughs> it's a very long title, but, you know, yeah. it works. In, in the U.S., it was just called Looney Tunes Carrot Crazy. And, I um, guess there was a... <laughs> Carrot Sorry, Crazy was too obscure. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too obscure. People just saw Looney Tunes. Like, oh, it's a Looney Tunes game. It's fine. I don't care about the title. And funny enough, there was also a Sylvester and Tweety counterpart. In the U.S., it was called Looney Tunes Twubble. But in the UK, it was called um, Sylvester and Tweety Breakfast on the Run. That was the oh, subtitle wow. of that. So, <laughs> and, and that's always intrigued me with regards to changing the titles as a, in the European market as opposed yeah. to the US market. Say, similar to um, Sheep Raider in the US and Sheep Dog and Wolf in the UK. And that has always puzzled me slash fascinated me. I thought, oh, why did... Uh, Uzo, why do you change the name for a European audience as opposed to an American audience? I, I don't know. You just... Are you just lazier? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know either. And um, I, I would imagine it has to do with brand recognition. So like if you had the character uh, in the forefront, mm-hmm. it would sell better. But Sheepdog and Wolf doesn't add Ralph, Wolf, or I, Sam Sheepdog in the first name. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. That one's weird. <laughs> that, that was weird. Like, that was, in terms of... And I actually rate Seedog and Wolf because even though it was a frustratingly... I found it frustrating to play kind of thing because I'm not a stealth gamer. Like, 
it, oh, it's yeah. essentially it's it's Metal Gear Solid with Looney Tunes. But I rate the game because they took two ancillary kind of B-list obscure Looney Tunes characters, Ralph and Sam, and they saw fit to put them in a game where Ralph is the star. And you know, people could people could easily mistake him for Wiley e. Coyote, who they're more familiar with. But somebody right. saw it fit to put these two characters in a game, and it's a game that did very well. It had a lot of positive reviews. Lots of people played it. Um, I love the cartoony aesthetic of it and how you use the Acme contraptions. But my goodness, it was frustrating to play. Like I was like, okay, this is Ralph is Lara Croft essentially, and this is Metal Gear Solid. With vintage cartoon characters, I love it, but I'm not good at it. <laughs> totally fair, yeah. With Ralph and Wiley, you got to look out for that nose color. That's mm-hmm. the key giveaway because uh, the, the character and the, design and their very eyes similar. as well. Yeah, Wiley's eyes are, are yellow, and Ralph's eyes are white. So that's another observation I made. But oh, definitely the nice. nose. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, so yeah, Ralph's nose is red, and Wiley's is black. Correct. But uh, you know, it's. It's so interesting to have these, you know, even more obscure characters run a game like this. But I, you know, this this for me was one of the highlights of my childhood gaming because it was not only what not only was it in the universe of Looney Tunes, but it was also uh, a genre that I'm really, you know, fond of. Like, I love Metal Gear Solid and um, having a game like that exist for you know, the, I would say like a kid version yeah. is really fun to see and it play. It is really fun. Yeah. It, I got to play with fun. my nephew recently. So uh, oh, that nice. was, that was a delight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, I had fun when I got stuck on levels. I had fun watching my big brother play because he has a brain for puzzle games. He just has that kind of, he, he's a completionist. I'm not a completionist. I play for the lols or I will <laughs> cheat. I will use cheat codes before, which I'll get into a little bit for Looney Tunes Racing. But I just, if at first you don't, my motto was, if at first you don't succeed, call your big brother, which is what I did for a lot of games. <laughs> <I got stuck. laughs> nice. That, that'd be funny if it applied to uh, everybody. Uh, so like, <laughs> yeah, well, it only applies if you have an older sibling who's better sure. at you at gaming, essentially. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so yeah, moving on, uh, let's go into uh, Bugs Bunny and Taz in time. Yeah, what's this we business? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say we? Oh, silly me. Whew, that's better. Oh, no, no. Me, I can't go. Unfortunately, I must stay here to stabilize the time regulator as best as I can. But don't worry. My precious pet Tasmanian devil will go with you. I think I'd rather go alone. Oh, Granny's going to miss her little Tazzy boy. Yes, she is. Oh, brother. So this was a game from 1999 with versions on PlayStation as well as PC. Did you... So you were the one that wanted to talk about this one. Uh, I actually haven't played this one. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, But I love time travel. (laughs) And I'm wondering why I've never played this. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Well, have you played um, its predecessor, Bugs Bunny Lost in Time? Yes. Okay. So this is essentially the unofficial sequel slash spiritual successor to Lost in Time. So it was called Bugs Bunny and Taz Time Busters. So the way it's different from the first game is that the it still has the whole concept of time travel bugs, but this time he's been paired with Taz, 
So basically go through these four time levels. So you have these eras, the Aztec era, um, the Viking era, the Transylvanian era, and the Arabian era. So in the previous game, there were five, I believe, whereas this one has one less era. And okay. it has a bit more of a plot, whereas the first game kind of focused on bugs. He stumbles upon a time machine, he pushes a lever, and he ends up no in this place called Nowhere, where he meets Merlin, the magician, and then he has to go find his way back, battling his old nemesis, nemesises, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, in different time periods. So this, the way Time Busters differs is that um, Granny is in this game as well. Granny has hired Daffy Duck as an exterminator to exterminate a mouse who's causing her a lot of problems. The mouse looks suspiciously like Hubie or Bertie, and okay. Daffy inadvertently destroys Granny's time machine, and it scatters gears all over these four time periods, and Bugs somehow ends up in the mess of it, and Granny kind of, in her very warm, benevolent way, kind of almost recruits him, or almost, in a way, kind of almost manipulates him into helping her to kind of find the gears back and get Daffy, because Daffy is also lost in time, and okay. he ends up in the Aztec era. Um, but the difference is there's a two-player co-op mode where you play as Bugs and or Taz, and the reason Taz is here is because he is Granny's exotic pet. Um, <laughs> as you do, you know. As you do. Get the Tasmanian devil, why not? You know, and <laughs> Tweet, because she had Tweety also appears in this game as kind of a helper, but okay. Sylvester is nowhere to be seen. I, I strongly suspect Taz might have eaten him. <laughs> but that's just a speculation. <laughs> that checks yeah. out. It checks out. I'm just like, there's Tweety, there's Taz, but where's, where's Sylvester? And it's like, no, oh, Taz ate him. Like, okay, that tracks. But um, <laughs> the Tweety's premise of... Here, like, remember the putty cat? Is that, the is that, is that, is that where, where did the putty cat go? Is that... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Taz not know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Taz ate him. <laughs> that's, my, that's the story, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> that's brilliant. So, so yeah. So in that's, terms of game, sorry, what really you fun story. That's a really fun story. I like the dynamics of this. And I, 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 the whole time you were saying, you know, this storyline about Daffy and Bugs, I was like, so how does Taz get involved? And then the exotic animal came up. That's that's brilliant. But also, yeah. Granny has is Granny the original Doctor Who? Because like I think she, she has is more or less time machine just like yeah. lying around, <laughs> just lying around. You know, she just had happened to have this time machine in in this region in the game called Granwich. <laughs> See what they did there? Um, and she's the keeper of the time machine for some reason we are not told. And she has a pest problem. She hires Daffy. Daffy doesn't have you know the best history track record of dealing with rodents. You know, in his tussles with Speedy Gonzalez, so he was a terrible choice really but he ends up breaking the machine he ends up stuck in the aztec era which is the first era you go into and then granny has to tutor taz and bugs and they basically have to put aside their differences and actually work together to go through the four different time periods the collectibles are gears to fix the time machine um, you also collect carrots which are for your health for health points and the more gears you collect and the more um, gems that you collect. Well, Daffy's actually stolen a gem. There's a time gem that actually powers it as well. So to completely complete the game 100%, you have to get all the gears and all the four eras, defeat all the era bosses, um, and there are three boss tokens to defeat a boss in each era, which I'll get into a, in a little bit. And then 
once you collect all of the gems, you've essentially completed the whole game. But Bugs and Taz have different um, attributes. Like Bugs, for example, can pick up single-handed objects like mallets. He can throw balls. Um, but if Taz picks up those objects, he'll eat them. Like that's the oh, animation wow. in the game. He will actually eat them. So it's a significant improvement aesthetically and how the game handles. It's a lot more fluid. The animation's a little bit better. It still has the blocky polygon graphics of the PS1 era that we were familiar with. And there, there, were, there was a lot of those in Bugs Bunny Lost in Time, but there was... They've since improved on that in Time Busters. So there are times when I was playing Bugs Bunny Lost in Time where I was like, I don't know if this is the item or if this is part of like the blocky level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because, I'm so glad oh that gosh. they updated that. Yes, yeah. they updated that. And and Bugs, in terms of even how the characters move, it's a lot more fluid um, in terms of the animation style. And with regards to the bosses of those eras, you have Yosemite Sam um, in the Aztec era. Um, Elmer Fudd in the Viking era, and his boss battle is actually inspired by the What's Opera Doc short, classic shorts. Yeah, and that's then great. You, and then the, in the Arabian era, you would think it would have um, Hassan from Alibaba Bunny, the classic short. Yeah. But it's actually a character um, that is not a Looney Tune. He's called Baba Chop, which I'm assuming is based on Alibaba, which to me is was really odd because even though he, he doesn't look anything like Hassan, he has his characterizations and his mannerisms, and he even says "Baba Chop" and when he goes after Daphne. So I'm like, why didn't they just use Hassan? I don't understand. This is really weird. So that was yeah. the one weird boss with regards to this game. Maybe they thought it was offensive at the time. Um, it, I mean, there's a possibility. It is actually. offensive, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, for this... the game, they were like, you know, let's let's try to like skirt this a little bit. So yeah. That makes sense. That was my speculation with regards to that as well. And then yeah. the last boss in the Transylvanian era is not Gossamer. It's actually Count Blood Count, which is... Oh, what? Yes, this is the Count first Blood time... Count Blood Count is in a video game? He's in a video oh, game. This is the first time he's ever appeared in a video game. So, uh, And at the time, I hadn't seen the short Transylvania 6-5000. But okay. when I saw Count Blood Count, I was like, oh, this is a Looney Tune character. But yeah. I haven't seen the short. I'm like, okay, what's he going to be like? And... So I was just like, okay, this is really cool. We're going to have Bugs and Taz versus Dracula in this way. Um, Does he turn into a bat a lot? He, I'm trying to remember now. He doesn't, but he does fly at you. And he does lift up bits of the ground and says, now I will crush you. So he does that in the game. And you have to jump on him as he's holding up the tile. So you kind of squash him. Okay. (laughs) So that's kind of how that, that boss battle works. Um, he, in fact, him and I think Baba Chop, they were actually the more elaborate boss battle, boss battles okay. in the game. They were the ones I enjoyed the most. Whereas with Sam and Elmer, they're pretty easy and they're pretty straightforward. You can get them pretty much like that. Just like Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. I gotta track this game down. I'm really interested in playing this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, one of the few titles that didn't have a variant um, title, depending on region. Yeah, but yeah, definitely a sequel to Bugs Bunny Lost in Time. Yeah, it was that for me was like the Sonic Two of the the Bugs Bunny time travel games. For me. <laughs> you know, there's there's something about Looney Tunes and uh, TMNT and time travel that just yes. works for me. It's like peanut butter and jelly; like it goes yeah. really well together. It goes really well. They, they've used the time travel concept in many a game for Looney yeah. Tunes and TMNT. 
moving on, I did want to touch on another Looney game, uh, which, well, I, two, two actually, two games that came out the same year. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know who's sitting at a, at a desk going, you know what? We need two Looney racing games, but let's put them out in the same year. Um, on different consoles. For, <laughs> on different consoles. One is for the PlayStation, and then the other is for the Dreamcast. So the PlayStation one was Looney Tunes Racing, um, and n these games are not alike at all. No. They're completely <laughs> different games, uh, different developers and everything. Yep. Uh, so do you want to talk on Looney Tunes Racing and then all grab Space Race? Absolutely, yeah. So um, my speculation with regards to these two games being released in the same year, because it was kind of like the end of the 90s, the start of the early aughts, the millennium. So they had this marketing campaign for um, the Millennium Bugs. And then they were also, because there was a lot of craziness with regards to the Millennium Bug. So they made the Millennium Bugs and they, they had games for the new Millennium. So I suspect that's why they did this. <laughs> that's that's my speculation. <laughs> wow. I, I strongly suspect, because I, I remember opening a game magazine and seeing Bugs Bunny Lost in Time advertised and then seeing all these other games one of which was Space Race, and another of which there were others on the N64, like Taz Express, Duck Dodgers, and it said, Games for the New Millennium. So Looney Tunes Racing, funny enough, wasn't one of these, but I had this, and I grew up, I'm a big Crash Bandicoot fan, and I also had Crash oh, Team yeah. Racing, which was addictive. I freaking Same. loved that game. And yeah. then I, when I got Looney Tunes Racing, because I'm such a diehard fan, as I played it, I was just like, this kind of looks like Crash Team Racing in some re respects. And it didn't handle as well control-wise. It was very loosey-goosey in some ways. Whereas I found the controlling for Crash Team Racing a lot more secure. Yeah. If that makes sense. And you start out with a roster of six characters. You have Bugs, Daffy, Taz, Lola, Marvin, and Wily. And they all have their custom carts. So Marvin's cart, for example, is based off of the Martian Maggot, his spaceship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Bugs' cart is shaped like a, a carrot. But there's lots of other unlockable characters um, throughout the game. And the different racing levels are based on different areas and different backgrounds from different classic shorts. So there's one particular, one of my favorite racing levels, is a track called um, You Belong in Pictures which is based on the shorts You Ought to Be in Pictures with Porky Pig and Daffy. You're racing around the Warner Brothers movie lot and you're coming into contact with all the props and there are obstacles. There's items that you can use to throw off your other players, things like custard pies. You can drop anvils on other players and um, you have an in the high... And there's, there's a tier system for the collectibles in that you collect these tokens. There's green, um, red and blue. And um, the higher the tier, the more effective the weapon you have is. So at, at the bottom tier, you might have just an ordinary custard pie, which might go anywhere. But at a higher tier, you could get a homing custard pie, and then you can use it to accurately hit your enemies. And then at the highest tier, you can get like an anvil, and you can drop anvils on all of your um, <laughs> opponents, which is so satisfying to do. So, so many dudes. Yeah, um, but I have to admit with this particular game, because again, I'm not a completionist and I play for the lols, I use cheat codes to unlock the other characters because I stumbled upon a magazine, a gaming magazine, I think it was PlayStation Gaming or something. And at the back of it, there were all these cheat codes for these different games, one of which was Looney Tunes Racing. And I'm seeing all these 
passwords to get other players. I'm like, what? There's Sylvester, there's Granny, there's Gossamer, there's Hector. I'm like, what? I have to get this. Give me a pen. <laughs> so, so I pretty much scribbled down all of those. And there were also cheat codes for Crash Team Racing as well. So I could get other characters from that game. So I was like, I need a pen. I need a pen now. So put those all in, got a whole menagerie of the Looney Tunes roster. And they also include um kind of B-list Looney Tunes characters like Rocky, um, Evil Scientist, and even Smokey the Genie is a playable character in that game from Aladdin His Lab, that short. Oh, so it's yeah. like the, the diversity of players is a lot bigger than, say, Space Race, where I think you only have maybe eight or nine Looney Tunes characters to play with. Yeah, you had way more characters to choose from, for sure. That game sounds really fun, though. And, oh, it um, is. I'm really sad I missed out on it, but I did play Space Race, and there's a specific design flaw that I had such a tro- <laughs> such a hurdle with, and the mechanics are not as fluid as even Crash Bandicoot Racing had those really nice like turns and everything. Like you felt like you're driving a vehicle, whereas Space Race felt like you were driving like a hovercraft the entire time, and it was just like swaying and, and oh gosh. turning was really difficult. I don't know if it was the same for the Looney Tunes uh, racing game that you were just saying, if, if it was the same dynamic, because uh, you said you were having flaws with the mechanics there too. It, it was similar. Um, you had kind of a power slide function that you could use as well to kind of um, gauge for corners. Okay. But it was a lot more loose. So that was, and I, but I didn't know how to power slide at the time. That was kind of a learning curve. So unless yeah. you know how to do that and how to implement that, you can have a pretty frustrating time. So, uh, for example, one of the characters, Yosemite Sam, is a very fast racer, but he doesn't handle corners very well. He's very kind of all over the place. So unless chaotic, you know how to use the power... Sure. Yeah, it's pretty chaotic, as is his personality is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's quite a hard character to maneuver um, in that regard. But Space Race, in terms of the, the t- mechanics and the turning, that just sounds really just all over the place. I was watching um, playthroughs of that as well, and I was like, this this looks like this could give me trouble. It was terrible. I, I was so excited for this game. I think I got it for my birthday that year. I was so excited for this game to come out, and it finally did, and I got it for my birthday, and I opened it up, and, you know, the, the packaging is so cool because it's, it's uh, Yosemite Sam chasing Daffy in space yes. on rockets, and you're like, how can this be bad? This is this of course. Looks awesome. This, this looks like a good time. Yeah, and then it uh, looks like the, a good time. The inside pamphlet has the characters wearing like leather jackets, like black leather jackets. I think. Oh, they're... that was the box art for the European version for the oh. PS2. Because okay. they had, I remember that version. It was the box art for the PS2 um, version of Space Race, and it wasn't even called Looney Tunes Space Race. It was just called Space Race, and the Looney yeah. Tunes were on the cover. So I thought, yeah. huh, this is odd. You go from, like, having to spell it out with Bugs Bunny and Lola, like, literally spelled out to just space mm-hmm. race. It's just a uh, race in space. Yeah. You know, you've got, <laughs> you've got the four characters. You've got Bugs, Daffy, Sylvester, and Wiley on the cover. You know, you know who these characters are. We don't need yeah. to spell it out for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Space Race had a menu that had the most difficult gaming design I've ever seen. So basically, it's like... Time trial, challenge, Acme events, race, and then instead of just saying, like, 
like you click on race and then you have all the settings. They have mm-hmm. another one where it says multiplayer and it's yes. bugs and Sylvester. And that confused me so much as a kid. Cause I'm like, okay, wait, I want to race, but I want to race with my friends. So do I click multiplayer or do I click race? And so I just have like this weird existential crisis before I can even play this game. And, <laughs> and I, I finally get into it and, and, you know, I figure all the mechanics out and I'm still like wondering why they had it separated. <laughs> yeah. This, this game was so frustrating I between this and death Valley rally. I don't know oh, which gosh. one had more bizarre mechanics that were installed. It feels like they didn't really understand racing mechanics And Mm -hmm. it just, like, you're all over the place, and it's really hard to just go forward, you know? Yeah, because it's swerving in left and right kind of thing. So it's it's not, that doesn't make for a fun time. I mean, it's a fun game, and it's a good concept, but if you have that, and if you have that in there where you can't really control your vehicle, and it's going left and right and swerving, then it just kind of makes for a frustrating gaming experience. Yeah, absolutely. It did really yeah. have, uh, it did have really great art, and it had really fun loading screens. Um, oh, there's a really okay. fun one where it's in the pyramids, and uh, Daffy and Wiley Coyote are dancing like the Egyptian. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just, um, I, I would say it's a missed opportunity all around. Um, you know, the the game came out with medium to low ratings. Yeah, but, you know, I was yeah. just so excited for a Looney Tunes racing game because I had never played one, you know, before. And yeah, same. Uh, and now that I know that there's another one out there, I might go try it. Go try it, yeah. You just reminded me real quick with regards to Looney Tunes racing. They also have, like, tur- tournament challenges as well. There's, like, three different ones, and they're yeah. called um, Stinker, Rascally, Rascal, Stinker, and Despicable, respectively. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just brilliant. <laughs> brilliant branding. And, um... It also had like a function where you could either play with your friends or compete with each other in the multiplayer function. Because I believe the PS1 also had the multi-tap accessory add-on where you could plug it into the PS1 and have four controllers and play with four of your friends at the time. Certainly with Crash Team Racing, that was the case. And I suspect it was the same with Looney Tunes Racing. Yeah. I think the multiplayer button in Space Race was like the Mario Kart Battle kind mm-hmm. of situation, but I, I don't really remember. I think it was more uh, just one-on-one races, whereas race yes. was like a, a big like uh, group of things, but they should have done a battle level. Oh, they didn't do a battle level in Space Race? No, no. Okay. I'm trying to remember if they did. I think they did one for Looney Tunes Racing. They um, did. I, yes. Yeah, I think they did, if, I'm, if my memory serves me correctly, because for the most part, I played just kind of the races with me and my brother, but they did have kind of battle challenges. And then you have challenges where you race with other Looney Tunes characters. And if you beat those challenges, you unlock a character. Usually it's the character you raced against. So if you race against Porky and you win, you unlock Porky, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. That's cool. Well, just like the Dreamcast, this Looney Tunes space race was short-lived and just sat on my <laughs> walls looking, <laughs> looking pretty. <laughs> so, it, it you know. Quick pain, quick pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very quick death. Well, uh, Issy, this has been fantastic talking to you. Were there any other uh, games you wanted to bring up real quick while I have you? Um, you just reminded me. I had Crazy Castle 4 um, as well on the Game Boy. And also, 
a Speedy Gonzalez game as well. I think the subtitle was Los Gatos Banditos. And um, when I saw the cover art for Los Gatos, Los Gatos Banditos, I believe it was done by David Alvarez, who was a fantastic animator and illustrator of the Looney Tunes. And when friend of the podcast. It, yes, friend of the podcast. I remember yeah. the episode. I love that episode. Um, so those are two other games that I had um, growing up on the Game Boy Color, specifically, as well as cool. Looney Tunes um, with Bugs and Lola. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and uh, Dave, Dave Alvarez just uh, announced that he's been drawing these characters for over 20 years. Um, so yeah, it's you know he's he's been doing these for a while. I think he's and, one of the best. Uh, he is one of the best. He's one of the best. Yeah. And yeah, I can't wait to have him back on the show. Yeah, he just he gives them new expressions. And I just love how he just he masters squash and stretch you know to the nth degree for these characters and i just love the new expressions that he gives them in the comics because i grew up reading the comics as well and when i figured out who dave alvarez was i was just like okay i want to read every comic that dave alvarez has drawn <laughs> he's truly a throwback artist to those early cartoons and like the, the mm. designs that those early directors gave them so absolutely and uh yeah the squash and pull are perfect they really elicit those comedic antics that Looney Tunes pull off so well. Completely. Well, Issy, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you online? So I am on all the things. Um, Twitter, it's at Issy the Scribe, I-S-I-T-H-E-S-C-R-I-B-E on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, LinkedIn. Um, I'm also, I also have a website, www.issythescribe.com code.com rather not .co.uk it's ecthescribe.com okay. um, so you can find samples of my work um, you can follow me on all the things and uh, yeah I'm I'm not hard to track down because I'm a voice actor so we want to be very easy to find so people can give us work awesome and thank you for doing the voices uh, earlier on that was that was really fun um... <laughs> you're most welcome <laughs> uh, <laughs> Taz like Jonathan <laughs> thank you and you can follow the podcast over at twitter at uh, ofc this means pod or this means podcast on instagram and facebook and you can always check out the Podbean, where we have all of the blog posts and images to go along with the podcasts and follow us along and uh share the episodes if you have looney tunes fans in your life and they want to learn more about what's going on in the franchise and yeah uh it's just always a good time so with everything that's that we've talked about there's so much more coming and I'm glad for it. I'm all here for it. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me on this, Jonathan. It's been a blast. Talking Thank to you. you. Thank you for coming on and, uh, and sending us down that rabbit hole. <laughs> and as always, that's not all folks. Hello, ma'am. Daffy Duck, better than a shoe, exterminators. I believe you're in need of our A1 Super Duper Pest Removal Services. I'm also in need of a tissue. Oh, please come in, come in. I've been having trouble with this monster for a while now.